I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly get through one or two things that I just felt God just put on my heart. And, uh, and I'm glad that I only have this amount of time because then we're going to have a break. Then uh, we're going to be hearing from Jake. He's going to sing some songs and some stories behind those songs. Then Matt Jones, the Matt Jones from Abu Dhabi. Let's give him a cheer. He's going to be sharing. Then Nathan, who did this artwork. Again, he did like two artworks yesterday while we had church. And it's just incredible. It was an incredible artist. He's going to be sharing. And then we'll see what happens after. I think I'm going to interview one or two guys. And then at the end of the day, Jake and Martin are going to lead a little bit of worship. And then I'm going to interview them and just talk about creativity and songwriting. So I actually, my, what, I, what I had planned, and I'm going to shorten it completely, but is um, we all know Vincent van Gogh, I'm right. Or Van Gogh if you're from America, or if you're Dutch, Van Gogh, I think that's it. My sister's Dutch. I actually went and Googled this morning, how do you pronounce uh, Van, Van Gogh or Van Gogh or Van Gogh? And they gave us all three. Van, Van Gogh is not the best, I don't think. Um, we all know him as this incredible artist. He changed the landscape of art. He was ahead of his time. He wasn't appreciated in his time. Uh, it was said of him that he did, he never did things in half until he cut his, half his ear off and then he actually did do things in half. Uh, there was no doubt he was a broken individual. And he suffered from depression. He suffered from attempted suicide. He, uh, they're still not sure if he committed suicide in the end or if he was shot by mistake. I, I read a little bit. I did a bit of study behind him. But what we don't know about Vincent van Gogh, which some of you may know in this room, but I didn't know until I was kind of highlighted around it, is that he was passionate about Jesus. Didn't you know that? Because I think he was a wild artist. So let's just say he, he was saved by grace. And, um, and uh, which we all are. But uh, there, there's, there's stories of, uh, from his letters, and, and uh, these guys wrote a book, a biography uh, about him. And he, he actually attended Charles Spurgeon's church while he worked in London. He used to read on many occasions the, 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 the author Thomas Akempis. He even said this He says, The Bible is my solace, my support in life. It is the most beautiful book I know. Incredible. I just, when I started to look over this, I was like, wow, here's this guy who we only know kind of this struggling artist who couldn't get himself off the ground and he couldn't, and at the end of the day, he died because he was broken on the inside. But he started at a place where actually he, he went down to be a minister in a, in a church in, this, in, in Belgium. He went as a missionary. He was 25 years old. He spent two years then with six months in, the missionary organization got back to him and said, actually, you're not fit to be a pastor. They didn't feel that he was good enough. So obviously the story from that is from his brokenness, he became an artist. And I've got a, an artwork from him. It's the black and white one, Jenny, if you can put that on. This is called uh, The Bearers of the Burden. It's one of his first artworks that he did. And it was when he was working in this mining town. And he saw the oppression of life. And I, I, I don't know what went on in his head because there's, there's no real recollection, but I, I want to imagine that there was a moment where he's like, God, where are you in this? Where's your beauty in this? Here you have these people suffering. I'm, I'm a failing pastor. I've done this for you for six months. I've tried to reach people for you. I'm trying to bring a sense of beauty into the world, but this is what he ends up drawing. He draws something that is carrying the pain. And, and we all know the story after that. He, well, you don't know, I'm going to tell you the story. Is that uh, he, he kind of, at that moment, is when he actually picked up his paintbrush. 
and he started to paint. And he painted out of a sense of angst and he wanted to bring beauty back into the world. And in 10 years only, that he, he produced 900 artworks. That is crazy. Okay, and you, we, we all know that he is incredibly good. I've got, Jenny, can you put up Starry Night? Wow. What an incredible, I'm going to stand out of the way so you guys can get a picture of that. Incredible, incredible artwork. It speaks of so much beauty. I was going to get Nathan to come describe it, but we, we ran out of time for that. And I want to, I had three points from his life, so I'm not even taking from Scripture today. Isn't that interesting? I am going to get to Scripture so we can make it official, but I, I'm just, I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, about all of this. So, firstly, I, I believe that, that Vincent van Gogh wanted to bring beauty to the world. He started out as a preacher. He started out as, he came from a lineage of preachers. His father and grandfather were all part of the Dutch Reformed Church. And there's some in this room who've come out of the Dutch Reformed Church. Let's just say, I'm not knocking anything because I think God does some incredible stuff in that. They're not known for their creativity, okay? I mean, like many churches. And that's the second point. Secondly, he was misunderstood as an artist. And I, as a church pastor and as, a, as someone who's been leading people and I sit on the creative side, my wife can tell you I have moments where she looks at me and she goes, Dan, are you there? And I'm like, yes, I am, but I'm actually not. You know that as an artist, you know that. If you've got a guitar in your hand and your wife talks to you, it's just literally going over your head. It's just, or your, or your husband or whatever it is, you have that moment. But I think, and I, and I am kind of talking in general here and I'm just kind of observing that I think the church, again, needs to make space for artists. We need to, that's why we're doing this. So I can't go change your pastor. So you guys, like, you guys are going to learn a bunch of stuff today. Stay submitted. Bring some ideas. But at the end of the day, like, I was hoping some more pastors would come because Matt's a creative pastor, so that, that's good. I know you're a worship leader as well, so that's amazing. So he was misunderstood. We, we cannot get into the place where, we, where, the, where musicians and artists are misunderstood again. And then the third thing is that his inner brokenness ended his life early. And I want to talk very quickly in the next four minutes. If we go two minutes over, that's yeah, fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, sheesh. <laughs> Matt, this is a pastor's privilege. Oh, you are a pastor as well, so. I want to talk quickly about the inner life of a creative. Very quickly. Because I don't think we can hit all of this because I think as creatives, we probably are a little bit more complex than other people. Am I right? We are, by nature, kind of a little bit more sensitive. Uh, so we read things that are there and also things that aren't there. So when someone comes and says, I like your song, I like your artwork, how did they say like? Was it, was it I like it or was it, I like it? It's, you know, so you, you read into everything. There's a, and I think something of the complexity of, of, of creativity and a creative person is what actually brings out good art. But I want to say this. Proverbs 4 verse 23 out of the Passion Translation, which is an incredible translation. It says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your inmost being, for from it flows the wellspring of life. Luke 6 44 says, a good person produces good out of the good that is stored in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored in his heart, for the mouth speaks of the overflow of the heart. And I want to talk quickly and just say, guys, the, the, our heart is a garden. Our heart is something that, uh, that, I don't know where it is, if it's inside me, if it's around me, 
we have to look after ourselves as, 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 as followers of Jesus, but especially as creatives. Because if I believe that God wants us to create out of a place of wholeness and bring wholeness and shalom peace back to the world because we're doing it from not this place to get outward validation, we're getting an inward validation that's inside of us. About a year and a half ago, um, and I have shared the story for those of you who are part of my church, or part of City Lights, it's Jesus Church. Um, I know what you're thinking, Jake. It's like, <laughs> it's like easy, Dad. It's just it's not yours. Um, I hit a wall. Um, we went on holiday, the holiday of holidays. Um, we spent a lot of money to go across to Thailand. And on the second day there, I was sitting at dinner eating my Thai curry, and, uh, and I felt like this heaviness come over me. And then all of a sudden, they were just lying in my, in my ears. I'm like, what is this? What is happening to me? And I, for me, I, in hindsight, looking back, it was a combination of two things. It was, A, I hadn't looked after the garden of my heart. I wasn't, I thought I was in a good spiritual place, but I actually wasn't. So that I was susceptible to the enemy. Plus, there was a, a spiritual attack, which is very real. Anyone who does anything significant for the kingdom of God and you want to step into something, you're going to have resistance. And I'm sitting there and I had a little guitar that I bought with thinking I'm going to write songs. I literally sat on the toilet in our bathroom of our little place that we stayed in and I just worshipped for eight days. And I worshipped. And Stala was having the best holiday of her life. She's like, I know, Dan, you're struggling over there, but I'm enjoying the sun. Um, And uh, I'm praying for you, but I'm not feeling what you're feeling. And I'm like, this is the worst moment of my life. And anyway, and... uh, Oh, it was just, and I had this kind of, I didn't, I'm like, I'm the, by January, I'm the happiest guy. Like I just, it's always, I'm always happy. There's, the glass is always full, never mind half. It's just always full. And, uh, and then I hit this wall and it took me about a year and a half to get back to the place where I felt like I was normal again. Has this ever happened to anyone or is it just me? And, I, and I, in hindsight, it was a little bit of burnout. It was a, it was a spiritual attack. It was, it was all these things. And it was just like, and it was such a lesson to me for, to look after my inner self, to look after the, the, the place where everything flows from. And the amazing thing in, the, in that year and a half of brokenness, and at times it was up and down and the church grew. Leaders would, leaders would come through. There was the life of God, and I'm like, and I realized this that I was panicking about stuff that God is never telling me to panic about in the first place. Because the church grew, and there was life, and I was like, oh. And I think from there, the way I do ministry and live my life has radically changed is that every day I spend time with Jesus. And I know that sounds incredibly obvious, but as followers of Jesus and as creatives, we need to be entrenched that we get, first of all, approval from Him. So I've got two points, and the first is sonship. For those of you who know my dad, (laughs) he's a, I'm going to look away and talk to you. He's a humble man. He may not have made millions in his life, but he, he loves Jesus. I remember him getting saved. The one thing about my dad is that he loves me. And I'm so grateful. and And I'm so sorry for those who haven't had a great father figure in their lives. But we know that our heavenly father is the perfect father. 
And I was just, I, I can even know now, like I walk in and I'm like 30, almost 36 years old and I walk into, they've got a little, uh, a little flat and I walk in there and I, my dad goes, ah oh boy. And he just like points at me. He does like a, and I've noticed that I've also started to do it. And it's embarrassing and I'm like, I'm so much like my dad, but you just can't help it. It, it is what it is. And, um, and I just, I, no matter what happened in life, my dad never like put pressure on me. It's just, I just knew there was love. And I, I, can't, I can't help to think about uh, uh, Vincent van Gogh. If, if, he, if you go read some of his, um, his letters, is that he actually felt rejected by his family, that he wasn't good enough. And can I say that there's a father in heaven who, who says right now that you are good enough, that he'll never reject you. So if we want to get our garden right and we want to uh, have our, uh, and this overflow of our hearts speak and create and do all of these things, we have to understand that we are first sons and daughters. First. Uh, David, like I said earlier, the delight of God was not found in the stuff that he did, but when he actually spent time alone with him on his harp and played when no one was watching. The name for David is that he was the last. He wasn't, he wasn't even considered in, amongst his brothers to be the king. It said he was, he was, in a sense, the runt of the litter. He was the one that, that was forgotten about. He was, he was the one on the outside of the hills that God was watching. He understood sonship. It's amazing. Um, I think Rain Lynette, they've got a little sweet little boy, um, Adam. He's the firstborn. And Lynette put a photo up of, of a kid's drawing. And it made me think about when I was growing up, I would, bring, I would bring artwork home. And my parents would just celebrate it like it's the best artwork ever. You, and you know, like your mom is just way bigger than your dad. And it's just like there's a whole psychological thing that's involved there. But, you know, and then the kid is just like, like hugging everyone like they're in charge. But there's, you know what I mean? You're dealing with a whole bunch of things. But the, the amazing thing that struck me is my parents, who, who were great parents to me, they would celebrate the little things I did. They didn't go criticizing and go, actually, Dan, you could have done a lot better. And that is our Father in heaven. That I create, when we create, we do it for his validation first. Then it's, it, it's, it's not this place of trying to earn anything before the Father. He's already celebrating you. He's already celebrating the art and the creativity and the wholeness that because, as a son that you bring, bring it before him. So it doesn't really matter what you bring. You just bring it before him. Can you imagine the art that's going to come out of the church? And it's already happening. So I'm, I'm talking about stuff that's going to happen, that is still happening. I mean, we've got some incredible examples sitting in the front row here where they, are, where they I could actually use them as examples of this. God is a father. He's not, a far, or he's not far off. He's close. He, 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 I, I believe this, that I know God is all sovereign and he sees the end from the beginning, but he's also a father. And I had this revelation when I was in Spain on holiday, and it was amazing. I had a lot of tapas, and uh, that, was, that was it. And um, we, were, we were in Spain, and it was just an incredible time. And we went to Hillsong Church, and we had been out of church for about two weeks now. For Stalin now, that's a long time. I'm like, we like, we'll find a place on holiday to go to church. You know, like, we don't get tired of it. So we've, we're friends with some of the guys there, and they ended up being such great hosts. But we walk into that room, and the presence of God came, and I was like, this place, like Martin was saying earlier, brings light and hope and joy and the presence of God to the city. So Stalin and I are just like, I mean, you know, Hillsong is not really known for the Holy Spirit moments. I love everything that Hillsong does. Okay, so everything. But we were just in that moment, just like being, I was, I was being filled with the presence of God in that place. And I had this revelation that God 
sometimes get surprised by what we do. Jesus was surprised at people's faith. He even said to David, do whatever's in your heart to do. And I, I felt like we have this ability to create that's actually able to, that is able to surprise our Father in heaven. He just delights in it. He delights in creativity. He delights. He, it's, it's, it's something of his nature that he's put inside of us that we're reflecting back to him. It's an incredible, incredible privilege that we have. And the second thing, my second point, and I've already gone over and I apologize, is that we are set apart. Who's heard of the, the cellist of Sarajevo? Anyone heard of that? Cool, I can tell any story then now. In 1992... Uh, there was uh, obviously a lot of war in the Balkan region. And uh, there was a bakery that was bombed and 22 people were killed in Sarajevo. And uh, the, the principal cellist of the Sarajevo opera came there and for 22 days, all he would do was play his cello. And he would stand in and amongst the rubble. And for the 22 people that, are, that died, he played his cello. And he said this, I never stopped playing music throughout the siege. My weapon was my cello. And, he's came, and he realized this, is that I need to come in the opposite spirit to, where, to what is happening here. There, there's war going on, but I'm going to come, if it's lament, if it's music, and I'm going to come and bring beauty back to a place of brokenness. That is what we're called to do. We're called to be sons that are set apart to do incredible things for him. The world is longing for creativity. I don't know if you guys have watched, they've, they've remade a whole lot of 90s TV shows. Full House, this, it's not great. The second one. It's like, and it's like the, the world is crying out for some sense of creativity and we have the ability to tap into the mind of God. And we had the privilege of listening to some of Martin's mu- uh, new music. I don't know if I can, I'm, I'm saying it already. I don't know if I can say it, but I'm saying it already and it's incredible. But Jake and I were talking, we're like, we have not heard that before. What he's done there, we have not, I've never heard. And that is what the world is longing for. And we're not doing it for the approval of the world. We do it because it's going to point ultimately to a creator. Ephesians 3.10, it's my second last scripture. It says, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Now let's just think about that. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I, I'd like to a little bit into teaching. The word for manifold is polypoikilios, Okay the Greek word. It means many diverse manifestations of differing colors. And for me, that when, when oh, it's, uh, Vince Vergaard put that photo up of, can you put it up again, please, Jenny, the grain white one. He was seeing the grayness in the world. He just did it in black and white, and it comes across as this gray mining town. But God is not that. God is full of color. There's this, there's this manifold wisdom of God. There's this multicoloredness of, of who God is that he's wanting to express through the church, not only to the world, but to the world that we cannot see. So the, the created one, you and I, get to create, and it actually begins to, to show the world who God is and it points back to the creator. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And the word handiwork there is actually the word poema, which is where we get the word poetry. And can I say, whether you're here today and you're a, a budding artist or a, a musician or worship leader, any form of creative, or you think I could maybe tap into that and I've seen it a little bit in my life, is that whatever you do, if you're doing it for His glory and not for the world's approval, just because you're a son and you're a daughter, we are bringing God's poetry to the world. 
We're bringing hope again. We are like that cellist that is playing for 22 days. We, we're coming opposite to this, to this broken world and we're bringing life. And we're injecting life back into our cities. So can we stand quickly and then we're going to be ending and go to a break. Father, I pray that it's, you've really done so much this morning and just through your presence and the, the worship, God, and we, we thank you for that, God. Our hearts are forever changed. But I pray, Lord God, that as we set out from here at the end of, at the end of today, God, there would be such a, a burning desire to create for you, Father. That it's, a, it's an expression of worship. It's an, it's an expression of love. It's an expression of your, your goodness and your kindness that, that is just poured out on us and we can pour it back into these different mediums that we find ourselves in. Father, and I just pray over this group of people and, and all the churches that are represented here, just a spirit of creativity and a spirit of innovation to come across, uh, over us. God, that we would, uh, I had one line, that out of the soil and out of the sand is gonna come a new song. So I pray, Lord God, that in this desert place, there's going to be a new song that's going to be sung that the world has not seen. Because we're tapping into you, God, over a region. So Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for what you've started. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Would you be with us the rest of today? In Jesus' mighty name, amen.